Pretty Nikki and the Mavericks. You remember Pretty Nikki? I'm ready. You guys remember Pretty Ricky? No. Pretty Ricky, Ricky, Ricky and the Mavericks. I have no idea what you're saying. Are you going to explain? Blue shoes are on the ride. Yes, sir. Do you know what he's talking about? I have no idea, but I usually don't. And you can see in my eyes that I'm looking for a cutie pie. Sing it it for me one more time. No. Just do the news, Rickolas. I'm not doing the song. Come on. Read the news, Rickolas. Come on. Read the same one as last time, and we'll just pretend. Read it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty Ricky. Luckily, I had multiple fake news news lined up. And for the listeners, we had... (laughs) We just recorded Lamentations and it deleted, so we're redoing it right now. The file got corrupted. We had a technical difficulty. A technical. Luckily, I came prepared, and you know how we start the show. Breaking news on Bible Dingers News Network. As always, I'm Nick. I'm here with Ryan and Mark. And we are Bible Dingers. And if this is the first time that you're listening to us, we start every show with fake news or real news where I come up with a headline and Mark and Ryan have to figure out if it's fake or... So you come up with the headline, it's real. you say. Yes. Oh, it's fake. Yep. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Okay. But today, you are going to be stumped. Okay. You ready for this? Okay. I realized in the... In the 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 newer episodes, I forgot to say that, but I have to bring it back because I plan at one point when we get really big to make t-shirts that say, are you ready for this? And all of our fans are going to know exactly where I'm going with it. Exactly. Pretty rickolous. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I said, are you ready for this? Yes. Scientists find 33 creatures living in a cave that was sealed off for 5 million years. Dead Sea Scrolls? Is this fake news or real news? Scientists find 33 creatures living in a cave that was sealed off for $5 million. Oh, no. Years. Fake news or real news? It's oh, tough. It's tough. Well, I, maybe. I suppose there could be an entire ecosystem in there. But how would they know that it was sealed for 5 million years? That's the question. Yeah, I thought radiometric dating wasn't very accurate. Well, that's, of course, true. But the fact that they know how long it's sealed? Maybe something was growing in front of it? Or the headline doesn't let on that it's just an estimate. Fake. Fake? Fake. Okay. I guess today's a day for me to bring the stump. After five million years of total isolation from the world, what do you think you'd find inside of a totally sealed off cave? Dinosaurs? Prehistoric bugs? Evidence of alien life? No one knew until a doctor finally opened up Moval Cave in Romania. Yeah, I, I, was, gonna, I was gonna say his name, but I, I, you know me. I can't pronounce his name. Oh. But um, Dr. Christian something or another opened up Moval Cave in Romania. Before that point, the cave had gone completely untouched for somewhere around 5 million years. Except by the few creatures who adapted to be able to survive there. Scientists have so far identified 48 total species living inside of the prehistoric time capsule, including spiders, scorpions, centipedes, and many others. Incredibly, a whopping 
33 of the creatures that were found are actually only found in this specific cave and nowhere else on Earth. Wow. Bruh. How you doing? Wow. I brought the stump today. I'm no commentary? You usually have commentary after you read the articles. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. These creatures only live there. There's no other place on Earth that they exist that we know of besides this sealed-off cave, even though who knows how they dated that. But we know it's old. Regardless of the exact number, we know it's old. Mm. I thought that was really cool. Mm. I think this proves that God doesn't exist. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the commentary, Nick. You're right. Now I'm an atheist. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Five million dollars. Powerball. Yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah. I just want to feel elevated. Yeah. Wake up in the morning. Wake up by the morning. Wanna feel that levitation. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm in this situation. Yeah. Enemy is crying. Enemy is dying. Happiness and temptation. Yeah. Heard you speak about joy and I want an invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. So today we're talking about the book of Lamentations. It's definitely not going to be a happy book. But it's going to be filled with laments. Lamentation. Is that what they do to my beer? To your beer? Yeah. They do. It's uh, lamented. Oh, they lament it for a while. Oh, it's lamented. <laughs> it's lamented with barley. It's sad beer. <laughs> with barley? <laughs> it's lamented with the barley. Ryan, what are we talking about today, bud? We are talking about the book of Lamentations, as you have so heard already. Mm. Lamentations is a mournful conclusion of the prophecies in Jeremiah. So it's like the sequel to Jeremiah. More fire! Fire! From Jeremiah! It's not the first fire. It's Mophia from this guy. Jeremiah, colon, fire. Lamentations, colon, Mophia. Maybe, but we're going to get into that. Oh. Because was it written by Jeremiah? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) But if it was, it's definitely Mophia. Anyways, it's made up of five different funeral laments, laments, For Jerusalem, who was taken into captivity because of their sins. So, the first thing we are going to do is talk about the turtle of the book. Where are the turtles? Where are they? Here it is, the book of lamentations. Here it is, the book of lamentations has gone through a few name changes. You deleted my munch? Here it is, the book of lamentations. You deleted it. Bro, put my munch back on there, bro, for the outline. First of all, I don't know what munch you're talking about. The sound bite, <laughs> the bite that I added to the sound bites. What sound bite? Throw the sound bite bite. I don't see one. Where? Yeah, where? Dude, he deleted it, and it's supposed to go in this outline. It's supposed to go here. I don't know what you're talking about. Because they be eating the children, bro, and we had to hit oh. that thing. Oh. <laughs> Yo, you did that very sneakily. <laughs> you definitely did that when I used the bathroom. You son of a gun. Anyways. Wait, there's a whole bunch of stuff of... I can't place. believe you, bro. Thing is, I had the greatest soundbite for this book. It was the sound that you hear when you go to Chuck E. Cheese and you put the tickets inside, and it was great. 
He deleted it because he's biased against my bite. Once again, this is the second time we've recorded this episode. And you know what? God did a wonderful thing for you listeners. A wonderful thing. Because the last time we recorded this episode was just awful. But of course, Ryan had to keep his Where the Turtles soundbite that is just as bad, if not worse, than my soundbite bite. Don't fight with me in front of the children. I'm getting to 33 creatures after you, bro. Okay. Anyways, the Book of Lamentations has gone through a few name changes throughout the years. So the first name that it had originally was the Hebrew name Eka, E-K-A-H, Eka, which is the first word of the book, which translates to how. Look at you. How, as in how, young squan. Mm. (laughs) Chief Ryan. Squanto, I meant, not squan. How wasn't just a question, but is also sort of like an exclamation, like how the characters scream why when someone dies. That's kind of how how is used here originally in the Hebrew Bible. After it was how, the Talmud then refers to the book as cannot. Q-I-N-O-T. I'm laughing just thinking about the joke. I cannot deal with you right now. I made last recording. (laughs) I cannot deal with you right now. Just cannot even. (laughs) It refers to the book as cannot. Q-I-N-O-T. Cannot. Which means dirges or lament. And we will explain what dirges and laments are here in a second. Dirge is... The definition of dirge is Ryan. Ryan's definitely a dirge. A dirge is like a eulogy. All right. That's what a dirge would say. And if you... <laughs> as a matter a of word, fact, bro. dirge is the middle part of our podcast name if you're reading one of our t-shirts. Bible dirgers. Because it does look like Bible dirgers on it. <laughs> Anyways, um, after the Talmud called it Kanat, the Subtuagent changed the name to Thranoi. T-H-R-E-N-O-I. What Ryan is doing to me right now. They're knowing me. Which means lamentations. So the translators of the... It means lamentations in what? Lamentations. In what language? Period. Oh, Greek. In Greek. Written in Greek. 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 It's the Greco term for lamentations. So the translators of the English version, of course, kept the name as lamentations because it kind of describes the entirety of the book and you'll see that more when we get into the outline Mm -hmm. although some english versions do call it the lamentations of jeremiah specifically the king james version the new american standard bible and the rsv gotcha and next is the author like we mentioned earlier the author is never actually named within the book itself but there are several things that point to jeremiah's authorship Fire. Fire. So, we agree that he wrote Fire. it. These are the reasons. It's small fire from him. The Septuagint that we mentioned in the title is something that we spoke about earlier in uh, some other episodes that we've done. It's an early Greek copy of the Old Testament. And what it does is, is that it expounds on verse 1. And it says, And it came to pass, after Israel was taken captive, and Jerusalem made desolate, that Jeremiah sat weeping and lamented with his lamentation over Jerusalem. So it's kind of 
seems like it's talking about his experience and what he did um, during this time. So it, it points us to an idea that he could have wrote it. Wait, did you put a smiley face on our outline? <laughs> yes. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Smiley. If, uh, you know, if you haven't heard the previous episodes, make sure you listen to them. Smiley. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why I wrote that, but... Uh, it's a good point, and I think you should listen to all of the other episodes. And he's smiling, smiling right now. And uh, the writer, <laughs> whoever the writer was of both Jeremiah and Lamentations, said his eyes flowed with tears. We see that in Jeremiah 30, Jeremiah 49, Lamentations 1, and Lamentations 4. So his eyes flowed with tears. What is Jeremiah known as? The teary-eyed guide the weeping <laughs> prophet <laughs> so if he's considered to be that and they describe him as that then probably most probably he wrote it did you just think of that yeah i did that was really good Thanks. yeah that was good second time's always the best time you know the writer of both books <laughs> witnessed the atrocities that came up jerusalem during the siege and exile we see that in jeremiah 19 lamentations 2 and lamentations 4 verse 10. And God had told Jeremiah to lament, which is what? A what? passionate expression of grief and sorrow. In Jeremiah 7, God told him to lament, and that's what this entire book is about. So it points to Jeremiah as being the author. And we have fi uh, two final points on the author. Jeremiah had already written laments for King Josiah. We see that in 2 Chronicles 35. And the language and writing styles of both Lamentations and Jeremiah are very, very similar. So if Jeremiah wrote Jeremiah because of the writing styles, chances are he wrote this one too. Are you doing? Yep. Next is the date of authorship. If Jeremiah is indeed the author of this book, which most of us believe that he is, there is a very distinct and small amount of time in which he would have written it. It would have had to be written after the siege and exile of Judah in 586 B.C., but before he was taken to Egypt in 583 B.C. So, it is likely that he wrote this shortly after the siege of Judah, since he's so emotional about it. That means we're likely in a six-month time frame when this was written. It was like towards the end of 586 B.C. to the beginning of 585 B.C. Good year. Yeah, yeah, it's a great year. And mm. what makes this so much more interesting is that this was one of the narrowest writing dates we have to date. So we know that the book is extremely, extremely accurate. But since we're on the topic about dates, what topic is next, Ryan? Dates. Oh, I thought you were going to ask Ryan. Dates. A, a date. You want a date, bro? No. Okay. Next is the date of events. And since there's not really events in this book, it's not necessarily like a historical narrative like a lot of other books of the Bible. Um, we just kind of have this in here because we always do the date of the events. Um, mm -hmm. But it's really more so just like the time of the writing because the laments happened while he wrote them simultaneously. So the siege and exile of Judah occurred in 586 B.C., and so the laments likely occurred directly after this occasion. So sometime in 586, maybe maybe even 585. Ooh, look at you. If he was still sad about it. Um, 
So that's the date of the events. Do you think he's still lamenting? Maybe. Probably not. There you go. Next is the <laughs> porpoise of the book. Oh, Nikki did that, not me. Shout out to Michael Scott. If it's about tortoises, then there's got to be some turtles. Let's talk about the tortoise of the book. <laughs> the, the tortoise. Porpoise. Oh, hey, you owe me a juice. The tortoise of the book. Okay, so I believe the original intent was to memorialize God's covenant punishment on Israel for their sins and to teach future generations of Israelites what would happen should they break their covenant with God. There's usually kind of an original intent that the author had for his intended audience, but then there's also a grander intent, I believe. And I think the grander intent of this book is to is to be used so that we can see that although sin is enticing and enjoyable for a moment, that in the end it only brings about consequences that we don't want. Ooh. It Her only purr. brings Sarah and hurt. I love Sarah. Next. Oh, my oh that wasn't me. Oh, my gosh. Mark, that was your throat. Here we go. Next we have... Fun as part of the episode. Me. Next is the fun facts. The first of three fun facts is that the Jewish people read Lamentations every year during a fast that commemorates the destruction of Jerusalem. And it's a good read. Hmm. The second fun fact is that the first four chapters of Lamentations are an acrostic poem. How you doing? Do you guys know what an acrostic poem is? I like how you asked that question in the previous episode. Yeah. That got deleted. So we obviously know the answer to it. So why don't you just go ahead and tell us? Obviously, there's a lot of things I said in the last episode that I'm re-saying now. Mm. But if you don't know, an acrostic poem is a poem where every line starts with the next in sequence letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Mm. Look at you. Hey, don't don't they read uh, Esther every year also? Yes. There's a a lot of books. How did you know that? Oh, you know, uh, Bible Dingers. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey! Bible Dingers! Um, yeah, so the first line of Lamentation starts with Hebrew A. The second line starts with Hebrew B. Oh, you like alphabetical acrostic. Exactly. So on and so forth. <laughs> so that's the second fun fact of Lamentations. The third and final Fun fact of Lamentations that is, is that the entire book leads up to and then in turn comes down from the exclamation, Great is thy faithfulness. I love that song. In chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. So the same number of words comes before and after. This is the direct center of the book and also the events and and what they're saying before and after lead up to and come down from this phrase, great is thy faithfulness. So that's kind of the theme, you could say, of this book. Amen. Amen, brothers. Next up is everybody's Thanks, favorite part of the episode. Thanks, guys. Of course, the outline of the book. And this book starts with the destruction and misery of Jerusalem. My favorite part. Yep. The first lament, chapter one. And when you read this, <laughs> the ESV 
literally titles it How Lonely Sits the City. So it gives you a real idea of what you're about to get into before you even read it. The title gives it away. Mm. Uh, So the first thing that we see in chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, is an observer's sorrow over Jerusalem's condition. This lament reads as if someone is observing a lonely and distressed woman. Words like, a widow she has become. She weeps bitterly in the night. She has none to comfort her. So, not only in this book, but in the next book, and kind of like the the last three books, you're going to see a lot of different metaphors for marriage and woman and stuff, which I found pretty interesting. Israel's the unfaithful spouse. Mm -hmm. Yep. They, they're called a whore in the next book. Oh! Bro. Well, I mean, the Bible says it. No, I'm just kidding. Bro. Okay. And uh, the next point that we see in uh, chapter one is that the extent of the devastation on Jerusalem was vast. And the cause of the desolation. Desolation. Oops. Desolation which is a state of complete emptiness or destruction, we see described in verses 8 through 11 that Jerusalem was filled with sin and they were in deep sorrow, verses 12 to 22. They were deep, deep sorrow over their own condition. So deep. Uh, they, They were currently in an empty state. God was bringing wrath upon them. God was judging them hard. And... Jerusalem had a call to the onlookers in in chapter one, also towards the middle. And they say, look and see if there's any sorrow like my sorrow. Like the Lord was angry and it seemed like they were undeserving of his wrath. And it was so intense and really filled with sorrow. But then in verse 18, the writer says, the Lord is in the right for I have rebelled against his word. So we see that Israel is is being judged, but rightfully so, and they know it. But then Jerusalem has a call to the Lord, again continuing through verse uh, chapter one, to look at their suffering and grief. Please look at me, have mercy. But the divine punishment of Jerusalem, which is the second lament, that's point two of this book, is in chapter two. This lament is so bad that the dude's bile is on the ground. I biled on the ground. Mark, what do you do with your bile? Uh, who asks that? What? I don't know. I'm asking you. Um, I st- you. stow it away where it goes. You put it in a luggage? Stow. No. I tend to just leave it on the ground. Oh. You know what I mean? I usually cook it into a stew. Ooh. Do you trade it in for... Uh, for a Pokemon card? <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what bile evolves into the next? Oh! <laughs> He's bile stories. Yeah. And then that turns into Bilesard. 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 Oh. Okay. <laughs> I lost my place. I lost it, I tell you. Okay, his bile's on the ground. Then we see... As we've seen from the beginning that God is angry, chapter 2 is describing his anger, that he allowed Jerusalem to be totally, totally destroyed with their bile on the ground. How you doing? How you doing? They're not like doing well. With the bile on They're the not ground. doing well because their bile is on the ground. 
Okay. Then, Jeremiah's grief, chapter 2, middle of the chapter. He cries over the fact that Jerusalem is destroyed, and he cries for his people who he clearly, clearly loves, and he pleads with God in chapter 2 towards the end of it. He says, for God to look at them with mercy, please have mercy on them, but we know that God had his way. <laughs> Because I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at the Pokemon thing. The the, the <laughs> I love when people call me Rihanna. I like to call you Rye Bread. I love when people call me Rye Bread. Yeah. And then they slap some peanut butter on me. <laughs> you put peanut butter on your Rye Bread? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like butter. I butter. Love, yeah, I love peanut butter on my toast, but anyways... On rye um, bread toast? I don't even think I've ever... I mean, maybe my dad, who's 73 mm-hmm. years old, loves rye bread, but I think those are the only type of people who actually go to the store for some rye bread. I love rye bread. Do you? Yeah, I really do. Rye and pastrami? Mm-hmm. Pastrami's good. Yeah. Yeah, you, you put it on rye. On the Jewish rye. Yeah. Rye. Okay. <clears throat> so... Rye. Okay, so... <laughs> So, yeah, Nick went through the first two chapters, and Lamentations is broken up pretty easily. There's five chapters, and there's also five laments. Each lament mm-hmm. corresponds with a chapter. And then there's also, because of that, we we made it five sections. And so the third section, consequently the third lament and chapter, is the prophet's response to divine judgment. So this is Jeremiah's response to the judgment that happened. So the first part of Jeremiah's lament here is in verses 1 through 18. And basically here he says he has no hope and that he's filled with grief, that he has depressing thoughts and feelings, and that he feels defeated. Following that in verses 19 through 39, he kind of has some hope here. And he says that his hope is in the Lord and that the Lord will one day restore him. And then following that, in verses 40 through 66, there's a couple sections here. First, there's a recollection of Jerusalem's past sins. There's not He's not talking about Jeremiah's personal sins. He's talking about Jerusalem as a whole, how they rebelled and turned away from God. That was verses 40 through 47. And then there's also a recollection. A recollection. A recollection. And then they percolate, and then there's a recollection of past deliverance and that's verses 48 through 66 and basically jeremiah is saying here that god has been fair and good to jerusalem and that he will restore them one day so that's basically the third lament it's all about jeremiah and looking back on the past sins and also the past deliverances following that is chapter four and consequently the fourth lament and consequently our fourth section. Using that word a lot, bro. We were talking and about how uh, Jeremiah was prophesying all of this, and then he had to live through it and watch mm-hmm. how no one listened to him. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty sad. And uh, we mentioned in the last episode how he definitely probably had some kind of depression and that mm-hmm. his life his life was kind of a failure. Yeah. I mean, not obviously in the grand scheme. We're reading him in the Bible. But to him, in the moment, his life kind of felt like a failed life. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, in chapter four, this kind of gives us a a look into what exile was like. And verses one through eleven kind of describe the conditions of the siege. And there's there's several things here, and it's it's a really dark portion of scripture. And basically it talks about how people are starving 
and how the punishment feels worse than what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah. And then it also talks about how people were unhealthy. It says that people were covered in soot and in ashes because of fire. And it also actually mentions that women were so hungry that they had to eat their children. So really dark times, really... Um, I was going to get that soundbite in regardless. Really terrible things were going on. Almost as terrible as that Nick's joke, joke. Yeah, that Nick just made. It wasn't a joke. <coughs> it was a soundbite. Nick's joke was worse than Sodom and, Gom- and Gomorrah's punishment. Yeah. I believe. All right. He'll, oh. he'll, he'll answer. Keep it going. Is that Jeremiah? <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see if we can try and drown out that noise. Sorry, everyone. Nick and I have families and dogs and kids. Gosh, why do you have to have and families? Turtles. Dude? Stop having families, dude. We should wait like five seconds. Okay, so that was the description of the siege. And then following that, there was the causes of the siege. And what they mentioned here as being the causes was that the priests and prophets turned away from God. Then following the causes of the siege, um, Jeremiah gives a little bit of hope in verses 21 and 22. And what he says here is that Israel will be restored and its enemies will be destroyed. Um, So that pretty much sums up the fourth lament and fourth chapter for you. Let's go ahead and jump right into the fifth lament and the fifth chapter. Um, Basically, this chapter starts with verses 1 through 18 with a plea for Yahweh to remember Israel. And they basically want God to see their suffering. Um, They want God to see that they're in anguish, that they need help. And because of that, they kind of have this plea for restoration in verses 19 through 22. And they plea for God to save them and restore them. So chapter five is one of the shorter, more easy to understand laments slash chapters in Lamentations. Um, basically it's just Israel saying, Hey, we're suffering. God, please restore us. Um, please bring us back to health, bring us back to Israel, bring us back to the land, so on and so forth. And that is the book of Lamentations. Yeah. 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 That was our episode on Lamentations. We hope you enjoyed it. I know you only got a little piece if you're on Instagram here, but, uh, we do hope you enjoy it. Please open your Bibles and read along with the outline. This episode is not to take the place of your Bibles. We really want to encourage you to open it. Make sure you go on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and search us at Bible Dingers across the board. There's only one of us, one in the entire world, one Bible Dingers. And while you're there, just give me the likes, don't pass and scroll. Don't pass and scroll. Hit subscribe, hit like, hit follow. And most importantly, ding on. Bible Dingers. I'm coming back with the fed. That's the last thing that I said. You leave my message on red like I was dead. Oh, identify me and laugh. Put me to rest. No, I'm on my way through out of dirt and I'm out of stress. That you went left. Took what was left. Built up the house and the bed. You went up and I equity blast, bro. You hired talking. I'm about to deliver it. My bad. You're still talking. How do we call him? Ryan! How do we call him? (laughs) Oh man, I forgot. Did you not?